Here we are. Here we are. Finally, it has come. <sighs> Episode 20. Big 2-0. I think I mentioned that each 10th episode I wanted to make a, a little bit special. So this is number 20. And even though I haven't met this individual very long ago, I definitely feel like he's a soulmate in, as far as what things make him smile every day, how he raises family, and as a business owner, respect him in many different ways. And I had him on, but we didn't really get a lot of his story because we were also sharing stories with my son that day and our ski bum round table. So that was a good time. Oh, so glad. So I, I did coerce him the other day. I saw him at work and he came in doing the rounds complaining that he should be doing other things because he's not being productive. And I said, well, I'm going to give you another unproductive thing to do. Will you be on my <laughs> podcast and talk to me for two hours? And I said, I know that might interfere with putting the kids to bed. And he turned to me and said, yeah, well, uh, the wife will put the kids to bed and uh, what time do you need me there? And I said, eight o'clock. And he said, no problem. So here we are, Eric Miller, who is the owner of Empire State Smoke Shop. Did I say that right, Yee? Empire State Smoke Shop. Thank you, Empire Thanks State Smoke Shop owner and a father and many other things. So we welcome this young man. A little clap for Mr. Eric Miller. <laughs> nice to see you, sir. I see you what you well. got there. Tinctures? Is that what you got going on? A little CBD? Uh, it's vape juice. Oh, a little vape juice. Uh, nicotine. What is it, the 0, 3, or the 6? No, that's a 25. Ooh, it's, these are the salts. Uh, salts. Ooh, so, t- so let's talk vape a little bit, because a lot of people right. don't know much about vape, and I just learned recently about what 25 and the salts and what that means. So real quick, I, w- I work with a company that produces vape juices, 0, which has no nicotine in it, 3 milligrams, 6 milligrams, and there's also 25 milligram salts and 50 milligram salts that they sell. So what, what can we tell people about vaping e, that, that you've learned over the years? Because I know you're probably not an expert either. Uh, well, the, uh, the higher stuff, the salts, the salts are good. Um, it's a different pH. It can be vaped at a lower temperature. Um, and you can end up jacking up the nicotine because of that. What's good because of that is instead of having a, a large device, you're blowing out tons of smoke, and what now you can carry something like this, and which is know, a smaller is just a type, small, yeah. Like so, it's what one inch by two and a half yeah, inches, about right? Yeah, um, you get them all sorts of tiny little ones. Uh, you don't need to carry a lot of juice with you, uh, and you're not putting that much uh, PG in and VG into your lungs, so you're inhaling a lot less. This is the way it should have gone to begin with. But I think because of how we learned to put nicotine in the juice, we stuck with things like 0, 3, and 6, which when it first came out, the devices were small like this, and they tried running like 24 and lower. Usually you'd see them. Um, But it was harsh. It was just disgusting. And the best way to do it was to drop it to like a 3 or a 6 and run huge vapor production. Um, So now that the time has been spent and more, uh, you know, more technology, more uh, research done on this, and we figure out salts, how can we use salts, now we can jack the nicotine back up, but it's still smooth. So have you always, were you a cigarette smoker? Yeah. Your whole life? Or? Uh, no, I, uh, I smoked for 10, 15 years, and, uh, yeah, I don't smoke that much anymore. This can definitely uh, take the um, the edge off if you're not smoking. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so how but, old are you now, like, by the way? How old are you? Just want to reference for people. I'm 36. 36. So you smoked for 15 years, what, high school on kind of thing? Yeah, like college on. Okay. Um, and, uh, and it was more so after college. Um, I wanted to stop. I had stopped at times. I only smoked a pack a day, or a half a pack a day. Uh, I didn't really care for smoking more than that. And um, I've stopped several times. The vape definitely helps. I do have a strong nicotine addiction now, though. Um, way stronger than when I was smoking cigarettes Hmm. and I vape at 25 and I usually like to vape them on not your normal coils. I'll usually go to like the lower ohm coils. So I get more vapor production because I like how it it punches me. So to, to just point you out to people, you're what? Five, seven, five, eight. Yeah. Okay. And you, your average build, right? Is your medium build, I would say, yeah. right? 150, 150 pounds. So you, so not right now I'm pushing it, man. I'm being freaking lazy. So and what are you gaining what it. Oh, have you ever been? Um, uh, I, I haven't broke 170 yet. Okay. No, you're but good. But I'm then, getting dude. there. My friends say, oh, no, it's, you're, no, you're like a normal dude, little person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, you are. You're good. So you're not a beast or anything. So my question is a lot of people talk about nicotine and, you know, the bad or the good of it for you, you know, I'm just wondering how you feel like it, it affects your body. You say you're addicted to it, but do you, what's the negative positive impacts on it for you? Um, uh, I don't really go through the withdrawal, uh, cause I usually end up finding some device around me. Um, I leave them everywhere. I just have them everywhere I am. Uh, but so I don't really go through that. I, I've watched people like, you know, my wife, she has stopped smoking, you know, um, things like that. And, uh, it definitely like, you know, it definitely does things to people. Um, what I, I get out of it added that I really like about the nicotine. Um, to be honest, I think when I wake up in the morning, I love to walk outside or walk downstairs and I rip this thing a couple times. And if I'm drowsy, I'm like stumbling up the stairs. Now, I don't like being messed up, but there's like, I don't know, it's kind of, You're saying it's that like wake you up, like, well, I'm, huh? I'm, I'm drunk all of a sudden. All, already and, at, at wake up time. And and then like that fades off, uh, you know, 30 seconds after it, it whacks you. And then I just, I don't know, I just vape all day. I know I'm addicted though. Yeah. Uh, to not just ramble on, um, because and I know you I, also take in CBD as well, right? So we're not just talking I about do, anything, yeah. Right? I really like CBD, which which um, is a totally different thing. So so just to get off that for a second, so I want to paint a, a bit different picture. The the how Eric and I originally met is similar business interests. Uh, I always like to start each episode with how we met. Uh, so we have just slowly built a friendship, uh, talking about everything from skiing to fish. And everything else under the sun that, that we can relate to. Yeah, we got some kids. things in common. Oh gosh, <laughs> way a lot. Like our whole lives, pretty much. So let's talk about your business. So I want to I want to get people right now on the basis of this conversation to understand how you are as a business owner. You are very successful. You're a great business. You have a product line that's coming out soon, and I definitely want to establish that of you before we go on all these tangents about how crazy you and I are as people, because obviously we are like everybody else's. So let's get off on your awesome business. Tell everybody what the name of it is, the premise, how it started and how long you've been a business owner and what you did just before, that kind of thing. Lay it out for people. You're looking uh, for Empire? Yeah, how, yeah. how it really started. Right yeah, um, absolutely. So I What's wasn't the name working... of it for people? What's the official name? Oh, Empire Rem- State Smoke Shop. Where can they find Rochester, you on, their, New on your York. social medias and all that? Come on, plug yourself. Come on. You just, just, just find Empire State Smoke Shop. You'll find it out. Um, Empire State underscore on Instagram. Um, Excellent. So it's, it's easy. Um, 
I wasn't working, and uh, my father-in-law Tony, um, he had been talking about it. We were, we were kind of like murmuring about it here and there. It was I didn't realize how much he was really thinking about it, and so I wasn't working. He was done painting, and he, um, you know, things just worked out. Eric, let's do it. We're doing it now, and it's like. Okay, man, let's go. This is your father-in-law. So my father-in-law, yeah. So um, we had our challenges working together, trying to trying to learn each other. Um, And uh, you know, he ended up setting up the store, got it running. It looked awesome. He's the one that gave it like that feel of like you walk into Empire State. um, It's just got a feeling about it. Um, We hear that a lot from people. So we went off from there. We moved to a bigger store, which is right next door. Um, it's a good size store. We pack everything in there that we can and just really try to hit the spread and hit it well. You have everything in there. I mean, I've seen glass. You have pipes. You have CBD you have CBD products. You got Kratom, right? You got, you name it, it's in there. So tell people like yeah, what, do what, a- who, who's come there to see you. Who's come there to yeah, see me? I know, I know. This what what type of customers you, do we have in? Oh, used to and then now. Because I'm sure with CBD, you're getting some different customers that you've ever, never yeah, had. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so how long has the store been there? F- it was uh, four years in November. So just over four years. Congrats. Um, thanks. Now, we did go down uh, for 10 months. Uh, June of 16, reopened 420, um, 17. So that was... Perfect. That was nice. Nice reopening day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, customers, um, it was just picking up like locals mainly, uh, people wandering in and then, you know, once in a while somebody would find out and they'd tell their friends, you know, so you're, you know, you start experiencing different people, uh, you know, a lot of like wraps and stuff in the beginning. Plus like we were selling our glass really cheap. Uh, well, there was one thing we noticed in there, anybody wanting to start a head shop, uh, the price that the amount that it's marked up in stores is absurd. So that was one thing that we were looking at. We're like, holy smokes. Like when we decided to open it, like what kind of store do we want to have? And, um, you know, those was my, my big thoughts right there. So one, we wanted to hit price, even though they say price doesn't matter in this market. Um, but the other thing was I, I really appreciated, uh, Sam Walton, um, uh, Walmart uh, and his original stuff and like the idea of the door greeter and how you treat customers and and what you do with it. And uh, so, you know, we just have that feeling. We pretty much have a door greeter there. You know, you, we say hi to everybody who walks through the door as soon as they walk in. And um, I like that about the place. But uh, customers now, um, we get all sorts of people, um, you know, east siders, west siders, uh, you know, people looking for a deal, somebody looking for something awesome. We get a lot of Kratom users. Um, so we do, we don't sell Kratom in packages. We never have, but even like right when we opened, we got into Kratom, even though we didn't really know what it was. Uh, I found that just buying it in bulk and, and breaking it up that way, uh, people didn't really care and people were interested and it would go for it. So it carried on and it ended up turning into looking like an apothecary there where we carry more strains than anybody around and we have it in giant jars and we just weigh it out in front of people. So Unbelievable. Kratom. Kratom, yeah. It's well, a, we're we're going to get back on that subject. So you got you you got you you're catering to several different communities here, kind of all intertwined. 
I mean, yeah. you're talking about nicotine, you're talking about uh, CBD, you're talking about utensils for more than likely THC. And, you know, oh, no, no, tobacco, tobacco use only. Oh, that's right, they're only tobacco use. Yeah. And then, so it's tobacco use <laughs> store, and a CBD <laughs> store, and a Kratom store. And soon, hopefully, to be a THC store, you know, because it's going to be legal here in New York State, in less than... Well, let's say twelve months to say safely, but probably yeah, to say way, safely, but way man. earlier than that. Uh, and let's say, bless you, Mr. Cuomo, bless you, New York State, for coming to your senses and realizing we need to be in the top fifteen of this country to go legal, and we're gonna be. How awesome is that? And we live here, e. Yeah, it's kind of in- impressive. I'm I'm kind of thrown back on it. It's like, wait a second, we're actually going this direction. It happened so fast, you know been saying for years oh it's gonna happen it's gonna happen but really then there's the thought of like yeah we're not that close to actually doing it and then all of a sudden just boom boom here it is like it could be two months from now oh i hope i hope i think it's gonna be everything but flour it's gonna be quick we have the application process for the cbd everybody's waiting to hear back right now to see who can process cbd in the state legally and then they're gonna be open on that thc recreational licensing processing very quickly it's gonna be a multi-tiered system i think it's gonna be crazy uh, but it's gonna be good for the state so i want to get back to kratom okay. so kratom i know nothing about kratom other than periphery topic talk about it with uh, two guests and what i've read and I know you're a person who's analytical and you've probably gone from knowing nothing about Kratom in your life to what you know now <laughs> and having many strains. So can we seriously spend some time now talking about the good, the bad, the ugly about what we call Kratom? Can you help help our uh, listeners well, and help me? Kratom is a plant that's from Southeast Asia. Um, it's, uh, it's in the coffee family. So it can, uh, it can do different things to you depending on what vein it is that they, uh, they call it. Uh, you can have your uh, whites, which will wake you up, focus you, give you energy. You can have reds, which are more for pain relief, anxiety relief, and opiate relief. Um, there's other things in there, greens, yellows. Uh, they're just a little bit... Um, but the, the main thing that has a lot of eyes on Kratom right now is the fact that... Uh, it is uh, good at blocking opiate withdrawals and people um, getting off their medications. Getting off the dope is how it started. That's why it was on the DEA's list for a while. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's like where it got its eyes on. And then once the DEA dropped it, it kind of went mainstream and a lot of people were trying. What it. year about? What year was that? I mean, what are we talking about? A year ago? December 10... 1st, 2016, the DEA dropped it, put it on the FDA's um, desk. So after that, it kind of went mainstream. You started getting normal people using it to get off, um, you know, their prescriptions. Uh, And, you know, it's helping with pain. It's helping with the anxiety. So people are using it to not go get prescriptions. There's a lot of money being lost because of it. So, all right, this is interesting. I I didn't even, see, I didn't pay attention enough to that to even no, that's now it's putting my mind in another direction. But kratom itself, there's different varieties. So it's just like a cannabis plant or a tomato plant. There's different varieties of create of the plant that it's derived from. Yeah, it's either going to okay. wake you up and focus you, give okay. you energy, or it's going to give you pain relief, anxiety relief, and opiate relief. Okay, so give, let's talk about the opioid relief piece of it. Is so, there a specific strain for that or all the strains? No, have it's that? the mitragynine that's in it. It's just a compound that's inside it. It's higher on the red in the reds than it is in the whites um but that reacts with the opiate receptors to um 
basically block the withdrawal from the opiates. And, you know, people are just walking away from it. You know, what was that word you said? Mitronide? Mitrogenine. Bob, what, is, what does that mean? Look that up, Bob. I'll, go ahead. You keep going. But I, I want to look. I want to. I know. Yeah. Trust me. We're not scientists. That's why. So oh, I'm good. Um, but keep going. So and how it reacts with with the with their brain and, and it what turns down the their desire for the opioid is that yeah it's in blo- it's, it's it's blocking the withdrawal symptoms that are coming from the opiate receptors. Okay. So there's nothing bonding with them, and they're you know they want it. So if you block that, all of a sudden, it's gone. You know. The body thinks it still has it. It's tricky. Yeah. The body's being tricked, basically. Interesting. So have you seen good and bad effects on your customers coming in using Kratom? I haven't seen I haven't seen any uh, bad effects of our customers. You hear stories from people about things once in a while. Um, See, but, that's uh, what I'm curious because really, you hear stories out there, right? And this is what I'm going to stop you. I'll let you keep going in a second, but this is why I want to bring this up. You hear stories sometimes out there in general public about things happening, but then when you talk to the actual people on the street that are dealing with it, seeing it, and, and I'm sure if you have all these varieties, you're, you're probably selling a good good amount of it. And if you're not seeing these negative stories, are these just fear stories instead of really talking about something that could be helping people get off opioids? That, that's where I'm kind of going with this. So I tell, think tell that some of the stuff is just ignorance. People don't really think about how or what happened to them. Um, you know, it, it does have its, uh, would say drawbacks or, you know, it's, it's guidelines. Uh, don't take it on an empty stomach. You want to throw up, you know, take it on a dry stomach. Um, take too much of it. This is the best part about it. It can't be abused. And the, one of the big things about it is, uh, people abusing Kratom. But, uh, so an employee yesterday actually, um, messed up weighing some stuff out. She knew what she was weighing, but she's not an avid Kratom user and we've got new Kratom coming in and she was trying it. And she ended up taking a lot more than she should have. She so she took uh she took seven grams, I think, which would be fourteen capsules. Um so that was a lot for her. But what it did is it just gave her a really bad headache. Uh made her sick. She couldn't throw up, though. She was like, I want to get the stuff out of my stomach. Couldn't throw up. Um, and ended up just having to go home and pass out. So you're not, who wants to do that? So you're not going to abuse it. Yeah, if that's the worst, what happens when you take seven, seven grams? Up. So is that what? So did you find information out about that word that I can't pronounce? Mitra. mitra. <laughs> yeah. Nine. The main psychoact- psychoactive compound or component in the leaves of the tree or the plant in which kratom is derived from is the mitragrine. That's what that is. So does it tell you anything else about it, like positive, negative, any kind of information that would help people learn about it? It's a chemical compound. It it, it doesn't say if it's good or bad. It's just, it's the main component. It's just like a cannabinoid. You know, it's one other thing that's in there. Look at the history of it too, of kratom. I'm curious to how how long it was in mainstream. Not so so. Now, how, how much do you carry in your store, and how much do you sell on a daily basis? There's a or a couple times a week. Do you sell kratom? What, what's the? We sell kratom every day, and some days more than others. Some days it's just like a string of kratom people, you know, and that's all you'll see in the morning. So, but and you get all types of people buying it too. That's what I was going to ask you next. What are the clientele for kratom? 
pisses people down to all people, you know, from addicts to people who have been on painkillers for years, you know, older people. I actually had the best story I got. Um, you know, one of the best stories I got, a guy came in, he was an alcoholic He's like, you know, I know people are using this for that. Like, I'm like, hey, man, give it a try. And I gave him an ounce of it. And uh, he made that ounce last like two weeks. And he came back and was like, yeah, I stopped drinking when you gave this stuff to me. I'm like, what? Like, that's fantastic. So, so this guy went from drinking a, a certain amount of alcohol day. He said probably, he was right? an alcoholic. Yeah, he called himself an alcoholic, whatever that meant to him. Brings Kratom home. Now, alcoholism is something you have withdrawal symptoms from. I mean, you can't just quit alcohol cold turkey when you are really in a certain way. Yeah, so there's a certain amount of circumstances. I'm not claiming this no, is like No, but a, that's interesting that Kratom was a piece of it. I mean... It, yeah, it helped him for sure. That's interesting. And the desire probably of him wanting to stop too, right? I mean, that's a piece of it psychologically. I think that's where it gets you, usually. It takes away your desires. So you're able to pull away from things. And that's what I hear about Kratom is it makes it so it makes you look at it from a different perspective a little bit. Like, have you used Kratom? Yes. Describe it to me. How, the, um, when, I'm when not an used... avid user. No, no, but uh, it's so perfect. Do... You're a perfect person then to talk about it then. Um, How's your experience been? They've always been, well, they've mostly been good. Um, you know, just the, I, I was always into the yellows. So uh, I was... A white will wake you up, focus you, give you energy. Um, a red is more for pain relief, anxiety relief, opiate relief. A green is a mix between the two. Technically, a yellow is a green that's got an ancient drying process that makes it act more like a white. So I like the yellows because it doesn't give me any type of a head fuzz, but the whites will give me a little bit of head fuzz. But they'll both wake me up and give me energy, and I can get work done. So I like that a lot. Um, you know, that not tired feeling. It just wakes you up and keeps you going. You can crash on it because you, you come down eventually, but... Mm -hmm. um, no, just fine coming down though. I mean, because I've myself used many different drugs in my life, um, dabbled with to to understand how they affect my body. So when I hear coming down, it means so many different things. I mean, are you talking about just like a... It's not a, like a, a come THC down. Bu buzz it just stops. Just, yeah, okay, I got you. Yeah. So, so, all so of it's sudden not you like all of a sudden you're like, you oh man, like, oh, no. this is dragon. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Interesting. And the positive effects for you using it. You said, do you use it like when you feel the need because you don't feel good? Or, or is there a certain time where you say, I think I'm going to try some Kratom today? While I was using it, I, you know, I mainly used it because I was trying to sell it. And I have, you know, one of my flaws, which I don't see as a flaw at all, is I can't sell something I don't believe in. Um, so I had to start playing with it. And I really liked it a lot then. I was actually, I started taking CBD because this was back when we started the store. I got Kratom and CBD. And so we were the first ones in Rochester to have CBD. And it, talk about a hard sell, man. Four years ago, that was a hard sell. Um, but uh, so I was on both of those. I, I really liked uh, the Kratom for just waking up, man. And that's really all it was. And I didn't feel, you know, I had taken too much of it before. Uh, I was driving wagons for a hayride and... I was taking it at night and I was steadily upping my dose. And I remember one time I was like, just my legs felt weird. Didn't know what was going on. Like, what the heck's going on? It's like, oh yeah. Like I finally hit that, that amount. Now there's been other times I've taken uh, like a tincture 
And again, you got to try it. What is this thing if I'm going to sell it? So I drank it. That thing tasted terrible. It stuck all over my mouth and I was messed up. I remember driving just like felt like I needed to fall asleep, sweating and oh, and I vaped it once that gave me like I way overdid it. I put it in a sub tank and just like a major headache. Just I was done. I passed out at like nine o'clock. Interesting experiences. Bob, when was Kratom, was it found? Did you look it up? Did you find any more information? Yeah, in 1921, it was first discovered, and it was fully chemically based, or the formula for Kratom was in 1964. So there's a synthetic in 1964 that was made, but in 1921, it was found? Right. So basically, it's, it's, it's like the pure chemical coming from this plant, this particular type of plant that where you can find kratom kratom is is found in many of this variation of tree but but the the mitrogenes mitrogenine yeah that's it oh i love it is is specific in a, a particular type of of the species of that plant so like a silver maple and a red maple it would be found in the red maple or of that particular variant of that tree Spell, spell the word so people can know if they wanted to look it up themselves. <laughs> M-I-T-R-A-G-Y-N-I-N-E. Okay. So everybody knows now why we can't say it right. Mitra J9. Mitra G9. Yeah. And that E, e smoked it and he's still doing okay with that. So it's good. We, we got it. <laughs> I've said it before. I'm probably saying it wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's trails when I go to different ski mountains that I say wrong. People look at me like this. Now how it's said. I'm like, well, I'm reading the sign. How am I supposed to learn the local way to say it? Come on, give me a break. <laughs> Thank you for looking that up, Bob. And any, anything else interesting you're finding about Kratom in, in your quick research here? No, it's all pretty dry and boring. No, that's okay. So it's interesting to me it's 1921, though. Isn't that, Bob, kind of interesting that it's 1921, considering... Like Native Americans never found this. Like I'm wondering, thousands of years ago, why? Well, no, Native you know Americans I mean? didn't find it because it was a tropical plant. Okay, but there's Native Americans to you know Peru. I mean, you know, there's there's I mean, Native Americans in Peru. Well, they're not Americans, obviously, but they're you know people of that origin of that time period in our cult uh, Earth, right? So I mean, maybe you know, they I'm just saying there's tribes all the Earth where this. Maybe they had something. Isn't it going? kind of unusual? Kratom was only found in 1921. <laughs> That's like when it's recorded, you know, like that, Southeast see, Asia. Right. They've probably been using it for. And that's what I'm wondering why he didn't see place. a reference of that because usually if something is found in Asia like that, you, it usually you, has you been really, used for centuries. Yeah, you would usually mm-hmm. find reference to that someplace, you know, because usually stuff like that is documented in books, especially health. That's one thing I I find intriguing when you go back to research things, health and how people use things for pharma, like things like pharmacopoeia. Like how did how did anybody know the pharmacopoeia? from 1615 to 1932 or whatever it was when they took it out of it, hemp and cannabis was required in it. In it. So that's a requirement. From 1615, people are putting in log books. You know, that's how, the, and it seems like in the medical field that happened a lot better. People kept records more because it wasn't about what was illegal and illegal legal and illegal so much back in 1800s and that it was about what worked for people to get what them better worked. right like am yeah, i right it's, it's it's western it's not paperwork and all that nonsense it was about oh this person in this town realized these chemicals could do that and they pass it on to the next medicine man at the next town right like 
Yeah, I well, I see like around here with Western medicine, we get away from it because everything has to come from a lab. Uh, but like, you know, it's neat. Like over in, you go over to Turkey, like, you know, oh, you got a cold here, boil some of this, take this, you know, like, uh, you got to, you know, this, let's do this. You know, it's all like wives' tales or home remedies. But that stuff works. The earth gave it to us. You know, there's so many things. I've been playing with all sorts of stuff um, that like make you feel amazing and you know, just it's all, all right, in so the earth me, man it give doesn't me one have to come from a lab yeah. give me an idea oh, give man. me an example come uh, on like tell me one syllogit? of your projects have you ever heard of syllogit no spell it uh ooh, for S- bob here H- so it must be it's got yeah some kind of silicon so it's got what some kind of salt what is it what do you got syllogit what do you got syllogit is um there are these mineral deposits up in the mountains like up in the himalayas that sit between the rocks for you know hundreds thousands years and on a hot day when the rocks the way the rocks will squish together the stuff will come out of the rocks Uh, so you know they go up there scrape it off you purify it and um it is like there's a ton of different minerals in it and um fulvic acid things like that um the way i look at this is we are just devoid of so many different things with our diets here, you know, and um, we're not getting all the minerals that our body needs. Well, there's so much stuff in this that when I take this, it's just like, it looks like pipe resin, it smells like pipe resin, and it's water soluble. So you can just throw it in your coffee, little pea size of it, sticky, but it washes off your hands. I just feel better all around. And I think it's because, you know, who knows, maybe there's partially a placebo effect, but I do enough things that, you know, so, uh, yeah, you're in shape. You're like fit. My, you generally eat right. Yeah. My muscles feel good. My brain feels good. Like I feel good. Like this stuff is great, you know? So, and all I can think of is that like, we're not getting all our minerals, but taking something like that. Mm-hmm. Natural from the earth. There, there's a lot to be said about that. And if I'm not mistaken, you are a little scientist at heart. I mean, where, where'd you go? Where'd you, you're brought up in Greece, New York. Is that, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Right. So you're a Hilton guy or, or Olympia, Athena, Greece. Uh, I'm, I'm Greece. So Greece and Hilton were like yeah, button heads, but now I live in Hilton and I'm very happy to write Hilton on my address. Oh, I love it. So were you Olympia, Athena or Katie guy? Athena. Athena guy. Sorry for you, Trojan. Too bad. That's all right. Yeah, at least you're in Greece. So I, I always razz everybody. If they didn't go to Arcadia, they get razzed. Sorry, it's just part of the part of the routine here. Um, all right. So then you went to college, degree, right? Where'd I went you, to RIT. Where, where'd you get a degree in? Uh, publishing, publishing oh. and psychology. Ooh, all right. I like that. And you got your bachelor degree, or did you quit yeah. early to do your chemistry stuff, or what? No, no, no. I, I finished that out, worked in the industry for uh, eight years. Define and, that. Yeah, define how you worked in the industry. Uh, I really liked printing. And so while I was up at school, I liked to play with the presses a lot, started working there, and um, went into a printing facility. Did that, when, did uh, a lot of production planning, customer service, sales. Uh, for a local company and, here in Rochester? Yeah, a $60 million company. This is a big uh, printing uh, hub here in Rochester for those people who don't We've know. We've got some good stuff. We have some good printing companies here. Uh, were you proud of where you worked? Yeah. <laughs> were you proud of what you learned, what you did? Um, Not at the time. 
per se. Mm-hmm. So the things you learn through experiences, and that's what really takes you on. It's, you know, it's not what makes everything work on in that industry. It's just experiencing people. That was some of the best stuff I got out of it. You know, dealing with very high profile people, you know, you're so not, I mean, not high profile, but like business yeah. people who know what's going on. That's that right. You're walk around like people. they own the world. And mm-hmm. so, and then you're going to tell them how they have to have their project ready for you. So it's, it's done accurately and timely. Oh no, no, no. They're just like, you know, dealing with the salespeople. Uh, um, then, uh, Oh, customers, customers were a good time. Customers were always like on your level. They they come from the same place. They don't have like a $4 million house down in the Carolinas and yeah, everything those else. Yeah, top dogs. So, so I, <laughs> it was terrible working for those people. Oh. <laughs> I'm a, I was a journalist for 12, 13 years. So one of the things I miss from leaving that industry was just smelling a print room. I know it's kind oh, of goofy, yeah. right? But I went to, down to Messenger Post newspapers just recently, just before I left the post office, uh, kind of on purpose before I left. To, really? To, yeah, it was kind of passing on my, my information to the next sales guy, you know what I mean? Because it was my contacts there still uh, w- with the other guys. So we we're kind of building the contacts stronger. So I went down there, but I really went down there because I wanted to smell the press room again. Like, because I knew <laughs> I probably wouldn't be in that uh, building again with the access to that. So I just walked back there and I was like... And I know that is so goofy for a lot of people. They'd be like, it's so toxic smelling. But well, you're so, trying to catch a buzz. No, but That's I, not what, that at the pal times, at the pal times when I worked at the newspaper in Oswego, the press room was right behind the back door of the sports department. So I'd be sitting there pounding off copy, and every time a door the door would open, I had that smell as I'm typing. So you, it, you must have liked your job to relate it. that oh, smell gosh, to something great. Man. I did. I loved being a journalist. I loved writing. But so my question is, when you left that industry, what is the one thing you miss? about like being in the print industry um, do, is there anything like textually that you miss mm, fringe I mean, benefits yeah, I guess I mean well, that could be it like what like what yeah, just printing stuff yeah anytime you wanted something printed you know, print a giant poster you know make a, a cardboard cutout of your friend um, <laughs> you know things like that but I mean that's really uh, you know the friendships I had there you know I did a lot of stuff there doing IT stuff and I don't think I missed anything about it I, I damn near sang "Walking on Sunshine" when I walked out of there, but and then uh, and it's then, changed a lot since then. So my respect to them and uh, you know the owner of the company, I've run into him a bunch of times, and uh, I haven't seen him in a few years, but uh, it's good seeing him. I like seeing him. Cool. I mean, eight years, yeah, that's a long time. No matter when you work with anybody, long time years. So let's talk about. I think you have we. Well, first of all, have you been skiing? It's winter. I've been doing some skiing. I got to plug my YouTube channel here a little bit. So, so I know you're giving me the eye roll because we kind of <laughs> talked about this before. So I'm putting this out there as a little guilt trip to him. But have you been out on the slope shit? Because we've actually had a good winter of snow right now. Like, yeah, we're, we're getting lucky. Uh, it's been low on my priority list. You know, right, right, I, you know, it's it's the desire. There's the desire there, but uh, I, my main focus right now is getting the kids out. So three and a four year old, I had him out. I've only had him out once, um, but uh, I had my four year old out last year, and he did great. Uh, he, you know, they both have good dynamic balance. I'm, I'm proud of him. And yeah, man, he just get him out there. And you were talking about just, how he put ski boots on in the summertime, yeah. passed him out, <laughs> saying he wanted to get out there. So I'm surprised he's not chomping at the bit because now we pretty much just lost our snow again. We got melted. Yeah, you're the last right. Two days. He hasn't been going crazy for it, but during the summer, man, he 
He's in it. Yeah. He was like me. And my wife said that. She's like, oh my God, he sounds like you. <laughs> poor poor girl. She's got two <laughs> of them in the house. Two big kids in the house. There's nothing wrong with that. So I want to relate to a story because in our last episode, obviously you're on the ski. So my son and I would go up to Jay Peak and Whiteface for four days. I promised him that I would bring him up there uh, before he went back to college because he had mentioned on our podcast that... He didn't, wasn't up there. I don't know if you remember that he didn't get to ski enough last year. Yeah, yeah. So he only got out, I think, once or twice before we went up. And so we go on four days, and we happen to hit three feet of fresh snow at JP when we get there. That's fantastic. Yeah, and they already had a good base. So this was on top of it. So now JP, for those of you who don't know, and if you're not a skier, poop on you, you're going to have to listen to this for a minute. It's skier's Mountain. It's a skier's mountain. It is a tree mountain. When there's snow, you can just pretty much... Uh, from the two out of bounds lines on the east side and like the northwest uh, north east side and the southwest side, you can go anywhere on that mountain. There's no rules. And it's the second day. So the first day, my son does okay. It's almost a full day, you know. <laughs> but luckily, it was a really cold day, so we had some of the coolest visuals ever. How about this? The tram tower. So you can look it up on my Facebook, folks. Relentless forward progress, Brian Lane. But you can see that the tram tower, the cloud level is at about 2,500 feet and the peak of J peak is 4,000. So you're on the lift going up and the tram tower is above the cloud line. So the sun is shining bright on the tram tower and reflecting off the clouds it made it look like it was shining like a diamond. So you had like this metal tower in the middle of the sky, just shimmering like a diamond. My son five times during the day stopped and took his phone out to take pictures. Now, mind you, it's like negative five wind chill this day. Yo, it's horrible. It's the coldest there. day he has absolutely been. You step out of that years. tram and you get hit with like eighty mile an hour winds. Like so, we get out of the tram, okay? And he, we have to go right into the warming room off the top of the tram just to warm up for fifteen minutes before we even do the run. That's how cold we are. And we were just in a tram that's supposed to be warm, not really warm, you know, semi warm, but it's away from the elements. We still had to go in that room that first day because it was so cold up top. To the point where my camera up top was at sixty percent inside that room. I walked out of that room and have been going down the trail two hundred yards and it shut down. <laughs> Okay, that's cold. That means that wind is just pouting that thing like you're sh- you're cold. So my son on a day like that pulled his phone out five times to take pictures. Like stopped in the middle of the trail to take a picture of what he saw. <laughs> it was one of the most visual days I've ever seen. If anybody wants to go back, it's late January with my son on Facebook. I put about seven, eight pictures, short videos up from that day. But visually, the most intense day I've ever had a mountain ever in my life, hiking, skiing, anything. And I happen to be with my son. So it was, it was a great shared experience. And to see him enjoy it the way he did. But the funniest thing is the end of day two. Now, this kid's been itching to go skiing with me or to get out skiing on big mountains. Day two, we're about six hours into the day. And I turned to him, I go, I think we've hit all the glades here. Now to say that, Jay, you can never say you hit all of them because <laughs> there's a lot, like over 30. So we hit a lot. Like every run was a glade run. There was no cruiser. Like there was one cruising run at the end of the first day. That was it. So the second day he goes, you think? Like a little pissy attitude because I was wearing the kid down already day two. <laughs> So we get back to the hotel room. I'm like, are you all right? He's like, I'm sore. My back is sore. My legs are sore. Now me, I am fresh as a daisy. I'm bouncing up like I cannot wait for tomorrow. First tracks, 8.30, lifts going. Now 46-year-old dad is making laps on 19-year-old son. Day three comes out. I see he can't even wake up in the morning. Now first tracks are 8.30. So I wake him up and I go, listen, 
you got till 10.30 to meet me in the locker room. You take a hot bath and sleep in, but you got till 10.30 to get out there. 10.30, he comes traipsing into the locker room, still half sleepy, sore. Got through the third day okay, and then at Whiteface, he was done by 2.30 and got mad at me because I wanted to stay the last chair. (laughs) (laughs) So funny, dude. Wait till the days when your boys are big and you got to deal with that kind of nonsense. He should be skiing your pants off. Yes, he should be freaking. Come on, man. But it was his first day out, pretty much. You know, take it from around here up to up there, and you're taking. No offense, but I only had two days big mountain skiing. One day big mountain skiing experience before, and two days skiing before I got there too. So I take that with a grain of salt a little bit because I'm working full time. I'm 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 an old guy. I gotta stay in shape. I whooped up my 19-year-old like a champ is what I'm saying right now. <laughs> Ken's playing too much video games. I love it. So the one thing my son would say in his defense, because I got to razz myself here before I turn the table back to Eric, um, he did say, well, I was a little bored the first day, Dick, so I was waiting for you because you was too slow getting out of the glades. Well, because, yeah, I was doing some video work for my for my YouTube channel, Brian Lane's Ski Videos. Here's my shameless plug. And I had to stop to put the cameras away because it was so cold. I couldn't keep them out. So at times, yeah, pulling a foam out, putting it away, I had to take longer to get through the glades. He's traditionally a little faster than me. I'll give that to him so he doesn't have to sit there and yell at me when he's listening to this later on. But... Generally speaking, the minute he complained about that, he didn't wait for me in a glade again because I pretty much was just ripping it to prove him a point and it still tired him out. So he did razz me at one point. But um, So yeah, that's been our ski experience. I've been on the mountain officially. I was counting today, 11 days already this season. Nice. Yeah. So Gore, Whiteface, and Jay Peak, all footage going up on the YouTube channel shortly, including 360 video. So it has been a fun winter. So I want to get back to your chemistry. You have a new product, CBD. What, 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 what do you got? You got exciting news you told me about that you're, you're launching a niche product or something? Come on. Like, what do you got going on here? I, Bob has been mad at me a little bit because we haven't talked about CBD enough and knowledge of CBD and the plant and learning more about how it helps your body. So, so let's, let's talk about what you got going on with for products and what you really think the benefits are for people. Well, I've been playing with CBD for quite a while uh, and... I I really like dabbing, and so I just kept playing with it. And ended up figuring out from playing with other uh, people's products, uh, just doing a, a high potency CBD dab, and I really enjoy that. It is pure CBD with a lot of flavor in it, uh, and you know it's what I like about it is what set me out to do this was I tried others and they were very harsh and I was like, this is too harsh for me. I can't do something, you know, if I want to do a larger amount or anything and you had to just, I just went off on figuring out how to do that. And not to define go went off. Like, I mean, uh, I don't want to get into, I I don't want to get into details of of what you had to do, but but my point is nobody taught you how to do this, right? Did you just go to YouTube or how did you gain the, no, I actually do, uh, you know, I hate to admit this, but I do very little research on how to do things. So you just kind of jump in full bore, just jump in. You just jump in and say, all right, I'm going to try this. This is kind of how it looks like it should go and see how it works. You start somewhere and then you stare at it and you think, how can I change this? What could I do differently? You know, other products have I tried? How do they (coughs) taste differently that I want to do this or that with them? And I just stare and think about it. I think if you, in my opinion, with the way my mind works, um, 
you know, if I watch too much, I tend to repeat too much. And if I'm just doing it myself and just letting my brain go where it wants to go, it ends up coming up with the solutions much better. Is that natural for you? Is that the way your brain has always worked? Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, and even though I may end up doing something the same way, uh, it may take me twice as long to figure it out, or I could have just watched something and figured it out. I have a true understanding of how it's doing it or why it's doing it. And, you know, you can't just add this to it without doing something weird to it else, you know, like just things you figure out from playing with it so that you can get better at playing with it. It's always important to understand the fundamental knowledge of something because yeah. then, then as you branch off, you already have the fundamentals to say, okay, wait, I, I know that already. That main principle I have to go back to, and you're not just learning one, one tree. I like that or one branch of a tree. So <clears throat> the line you're putting out there, CBD dabs, is there a big call for CBD dabs? Is there a lot of companies out there with CBD dabs now or what sets yours of heart? There's a fair amount of them out there, but continue uh, compared to the like normal CBD you see out there, you don't see them that much. Uh, so, and I don't want to come out with like a tincture. Everybody's got a tincture. So, you know, what, what can I do? And, and really it's down to, yeah, I can make a tincture, but where do I play? What do I do? Anything that's special. And really I, I was just kind of doing it and having fun myself. And I just kept sharing it with people and, and I was pretty much just breaking even, like handing it out to people at the store at times like that too. Uh, so people loved it. So I just kept going with it. This isn't my first one that I've put on the shelf at the store. I've done other stuff. I used to have a real high oil, um, like a 25%. Um, now I've got, I'm going to have that. I'd like to do that again, but as like a dipping sauce uh, so that you can like <coughs> take a piece of something else, dip it in there and go. And it just adds a lot of flavor and it's very, very smooth. That's interesting. So what kind of texture would they have? It, it's very uh, dependent on temperature. Um, you get it any bit warm and it just gets like real, uh, it's wet, man. It, it doesn't hold a, you know, you take like a dental pick through it and it won't really, it won't pick anything off. It'll just, I'm trying to think of like the real, yeah. I don't know, yogurt. Okay. It's a bad comparison. No. but Go to a dairy uh, product. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously, it's more a texture thing that you're trying to describe than anything else. So the CBD dabs, so, so you are saying that people will use a dabbing rig just as they did with, if they had THC dabbing. THC yes. dabs, right? Just the same principle. Drop it right in a nail. Um, or you, you throw can, it in a pen. And you can accurately figure out how many milligrams you're taking in that way, and it's more pure. I mean, the benefits of it, it's got to be the same as THC. It's more pure most purest form to take it in it's right? it, it is very pure you're just vaporizing it you do have additional uh things in there but really you know terpenes and other stuff uh but generally it's um, clean right i mean it's when yeah, we talk it's about super clean dab, dabbing what 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 is uh, like it really dabbing comes down to its cleanliness is going to be based off of the solvents that we're using and where they pulled out uh but this you're you're starting with something so you know, heavily extracted that, you know, it, it's, it's super clean. And, but as far as like metering it and mm -hmm. how big your dab is like, that's, you're not going to be able to bring it down to, you know, 
I want 100 milligrams. Yeah, good luck. You know, so it's like you just look in there, grab a chunk and go. Yeah, exactly. You got to know what chunk and how that makes you feel through experience. Just like anything yeah. else. Just like dabbing. Yeah. You know, you, so what's your percentage of dabbing versus other delivery methods of CBD for yourself? I do tinctures. And that's generally where, that's my norm. Um, lotions. I do really like lotions. I usually keep a bottle of that around and then I'm just trying other stuff. So I usually will take in CBD through tinctures and gummies. We're in a process right now with my new company where we're tasting a lot of different CBD companies' products for the chance to maybe partner up with them. It is a mixed bag out there. <laughs> yeah. The not. quality, it's it, the the fact that like some of them don't even have it in it to, you know, it's all over the board. It's, it's amazing uh, uh, how many companies in the CBD industry here at, in its infancy have really um, caused the industry to kind of take a step back quickly because of the bad products and the uh, what they call blessing of batches, right? You can tell people what that means, right, Eric? I mean, when so basically what it means is you got a gallon of water and you splash like a couple water, little soluble CBD on the top of it and you mix it all up and say CBD water with no milligrams or anything. You just say it's CBD water. Well, technically, yeah, they splashed a little CBD in Oh, there, yeah. But they it blessed the batch. So got any it. CBD yeah. products you see out there that doesn't have exact milligrams on it consider that that's a blessed batch and if you don't get the effects of what people tell you that they're you should be getting from cbd more than likely that product doesn't have much in it or doesn't have what it says it should have in it yeah you've had that experience right because you've had to test a lot of things for your store right because how did you first like four years ago it must have been hard for you to even find cbd products to put on your shelf if I'm, am i right good quality yeah. It was, uh, however, well, back then, everything was good quality because nobody was into it. You, it wasn't like a, a lucrative business. I mean, I shouldn't say that, but, uh, you know, it's not like just now everybody wants to get in on it because there's so much money back then. You know, the people who did it really wanted to do it. So I think when you're buying CBD, the biggest thing is trusting the people you're buying it from. And you can trust them. You can trust their products, you know, and then there's lab results too. But, you know, for the average person, they're not going to be lab testing things. And, you know, it's just building relationships and knowing people who have a big heart for it. And you're finding there, there's a lot of old farmers in the industry. There's a, there's a lot of people that have, have uh, been involved in the cannabis of some sort that are in the, in this industry, which is nice. There's a lot of people with great packaging then when you open that packaging, <laughs> I find uh, I find older people um, doing the flower, and I'm not really sure. I'm sure there's people of all different varieties making their uh, you know own CBD companies. You know, here I am. I'm making my own. And but the problem now is that people see a quick way to make a buck. So like I could piss in a bottle and just market CBD 500 milligrams and sell it to you and make a million dollars. That's nasty. 
So, yeah. <laughs> Don't piss in a bottle. I could do it, though. You know? Oh, actually, you know, FDA's probably got something against selling <laughs> yeah. urine. So, uh, I could just put water in it, you know? It's just like when water, bottled water was coming out. I remember talking about that. Like, yo, let's just buy bottles, labels, and we'll just fill them up at the faucet. Like, yeah, why, why not? not? Yeah, nobody's checking it's it. It's bottled nobody's water. It. Yeah. 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 The city roster's not preventing you from doing that. You probably sure still do that you. now. We have no, great no. water oh, around here. Gosh. Yeah, much better. Yeah, say yeah. Follow up that. Most people don't realize that. Oh man, we have phenomenal water here. Uh, is any complaints about anything? Like oh geez, and that's one thing. You go anywhere else in the world, and you do not have water like this. We waste water so bad here. I shouldn't even talk about this. But like you know, let's let's wash a dish. Oh, turn the faucet on, let it run. We got endless water, and it's fantastic. But you go to California, Southwest, and they go into oh, shortages where they can't water their lawns, and they're yeah, talking about don't pools. wash the car. It's but like I mean, people oh, man, had to I got pull pools out of their back. yard and basically bulldoze them in because they couldn't afford the water to fill them anymore out there. Like, but yet yeah, we—he's exactly right. Up here in the Northeast, and especially in mm-hmm. Rochester, we we take it for granted. We take it for granted, but you know things like that—they should. You have to respect the resources that your land gives you. We have a lot of water here, but we don't have mountains. We don't have other stuff. You know, you want to go live out in the mountains. Okay, man, you can't water your yard. Why can't you water your yard? Because you don't have any water. Problem is, is the, you know, some, another state stealing them, you know, in Colorado, you can't do anything. That's actually really bad stuff. I feel like, you know, the water that's getting taken away from, um, in like Nevada and stuff. Because uh, mm-hmm. what? When did those treaties get set up? And it's ridiculous. I mean, the water table's down there. It's such a shortage there. There should be no water ever taken out of that area. You're brought to anywhere. Yeah. It's anything but the people yeah. who live there. Just the people, you just have to respect your resources. We're just blessed with that. Amen. All right. So a little more about CBD. Do you get more of most of your products from out of state or in state that you sell mm, in your store? I, I really enjoy playing in state mm-hmm. uh but that's not like a, a full possibility you can't you, know? you, you would love to and th- i was actually going to make this point this is why i'm asking you you can't because there's not a lot of good quality cbd producers here in new york state now like i haven't correct one like one i've been begging for samples from new york state companies and i have not found one so we have this is what kind of Corona. products are you looking at going for what do you so so i've specifically been just calling randomly cm cbd companies but the specific product lines i'm looking at are edibles um because tinctures lotions we're all square with you know um we have a good bakery line but we're looking to supplement it with an edible line uh and gummies it's very hard to make them uh whether you're using yeah. pectin or, or the gelatin or you're using organic or or there's a lot of things with with gelatin and cooking that people don't realize how difficult it is so it's very hard to start a kitchen from scratch and start coming up with that stuff and out of the blue so we want to maybe recruit a, a commercial company to do that there's none in New York that we have found that we could even think of partnering with right now. It's too bad. We'd love to. Well, the worst parts is the machinery on that. Like you want to do gummies, you got to have a machine. Yep. And <laughs> yep, that's the bottom line. He's, yep. And you, then you can do a, a bunch of molds. And once you have the the, the system in place, oh, then you can out. do custom molds. You can do a bunch of flavors. There's some companies that are going to soon be doing up to 350 flavors of gummies and you know, uh, custom molds and anything you want to have made in, whether it's dots or capsules or gummy worms or bears or anything soon. Yeah. But it took a while for people to realize how to properly sync the CBD with this 
substance, right? Like that's that's a piece of the research that you've learned with CBD, right? Like you, CBD just doesn't go in everything. Just no. put CBD, right? Like no. so let's talk about that. A yeah, little bit. sometimes you put it in something, and it'll you precipitate a- out. Uh, sometimes it'll stay there fine, and it'll look good forever. And then you know, one day you'll walk over and shake it, and all of a sudden it'll all fall out the next day. And certain things it'll just completely, you know, they're. Uh, they just it, don't bond. You could do a, a tincture that you think all these ingredients would be great and they'd be safe for people and they look good, good for a day and you taste it. Yeah, that's awesome. And two days later, you go back and it's all frosty inside the glass. Yeah. Or because it gets cold. Of, like you leave it by the window and the, just the temperature all of a sudden, boom, and it, it goes. So emulsification is a big piece of the process of making tinctures, right? Or, and bringing in CBD into any kind of products, right? Like, like what's the biggest piece that you have found the difficulty working with CBD and why? Mm. See, I don't for, see them as difficulties. I just see them as different avenues. There's another branch off the tree. Okay, I won't do that. Let's if you know what do I want to do with it? Do I need it to go into that, or do I? Am I going down this path? And I just kind of play in that. And I've played for so long that because some people um, will dose gummies uh, with the sugar on top of the gummies. Some will dose them inside of the gummies. Some will, and this is what the point I'm trying to make if you're making tinctures sometimes use the type of terpenes you use for flavoring it matters how those terpenes are derived and what they're derived from which is how they will attach to the CBD isolate that you're using that you're putting into an oil that you're putting into a tincture and there's a lot of and, and these companies don't understand what put the science into they just make a recipe oh it's great let's put it to market next you know that thing on someone's shelf a month later looking like crap and tasting horrible tastes like a plant Right, like, uh, how much? How much? How many years of sampling have you done? How many samples do you think you've tried of CBD products over the years? I've tried thirty just the last month. Really? Yeah, that's <laughs> a, that's a probably on the low side. I try a bunch. Um, I have my favorites, and I love that plant taste. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. When you're taking something for a reason, now this is me. I don't have a problem with flavors. Um, the benefits are somehow reflected in that taste. Not saying that if you don't have the taste, it, it won't be good, but I appreciate it with the taste. Just like that syllogit we were talking about. I can throw that stuff right in my mouth. It is disgusting. It's like eating a ball of pipe resin. But I'm like, I know how this stuff makes me feel. And then I look in the mirror and my teeth are black. But like, I, I almost enjoy the taste of it because I know what it is. I love that because there's two things that you just played on that are huge. New York State is trying to figure out best delivery methods for THC as, as they go through this process, right? And CBD. They're thinking about that. And what we're talking about is that, different delivery methods. We're talking about all different products, but what we ultimately are talking about is putting the same thing into our bodies for a medicinal benefit. Lotions are really the only thing that is different because lotions are topical. So it's going to hit certain areas topically, and we'll talk about that in a second. But all the rest are an internal, taking it into your body internally, some different mechanism. And it will affect your body in different ways by the way you put it into your body. Am I saying that correctly? Am I off target saying that? I mean, yeah. I mean, in general, CBD is CBD. Uh, you know, people are going to take it for the menagerie of reasons and they're going to get the effects they want out of, you know, taking it in how they take it in. So different delivery methods will affect you differently as far as timing goes a lot. Um, vaping is going to be a lot more, uh, instant, um, inhalers, inhalers are great. That should really be 
like one of the number one pushed ways, but uh, now you talk really about just pure them. CBD in in an in a uh, inhaler or in an actual cartridge like, in an inhaler. Okay, so you talk about like an inhaler, like an asthma inhaler. Yeah, because there's no heating process, and you can meter your doses. So every puff is ten milligrams. Boom, boom. What's know? the carrier though for it? Uh that's the the one other thing. Um, I think a lot of times they use what do they use? I think they use like a glycol. Base something, and that's the same an thing. Inhaler. Uh, What's in a typical inhaler? It's whatever you, you see in a typical okay, inhaler. So it's something that asthma medicine would be delivered, and it would be used. The yeah, same something the doctor said it's okay CBD. to take in this. No, dose. I got, yeah, I'm curious. I mean, <laughs> if that's the case, and that seems simple, doesn't mean it's good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, asthma medicine has been delivered through inhalers for many, many years, and I've never yeah. heard of you know a bunch of people dying or nose no, cancer no, no, or something no, no. from it. So, but everybody's you know, got their complaints about everything. Yeah, no, exactly. So no, that's interesting. So you think inhaling is actually the best method? I do not. Okay, okay. I so. think it's the fastest, okay. and I think if you're going to inhale, the healthiest way to do it would be through an inhaler. Um, my favorite is tinctures, and I dab a lot. I dabble way more than I do tinctures, but my favorite and my what I suggest to customers all the time is go with a tincture, especially if you're starting. I think a tincture should be part of your like your CBD, whatever. Start with a tincture and always have a have a good tincture. Should you have doctor before your title now? You think? With the kind of advice you find yourself giving out to people who are coming in, because I know you got to be seeing people that have never heard about the CBD from their girlfriend at a Euchre game on a Thursday afternoon, and she came to your store right after. Tell me a story like that. Some old couple, because a 60 or 70 year old couple. Oh, like the different types of people. Like a 60 or 70 year old. All right, so this is what I'm trying to paint here. A 60 or 70 year old old couple, let's say 70 year old, 65 year old couple, old, want to try CBD. They come into your store wandering and want to learn about, okay, because they heard from their friends at a Euchre game about yeah, CBD, yeah. right? Do so, I feel like a doctor So they're, a dab, they're not right? going to be a dab, right? They're not dabbing, right? So oh, they're yeah. Not, they're How are you going to guide them around? It all comes down to... Well, what first are, of all, paint the picture of them walking in the store and how, how you're dealing with that, because I'm sure uh, I think awesome. one of the, the best, like, feel-good uh, times of helping a customer out was uh, an older couple came in with their daughter their daughter was like in her fifties or sixties. Like they were old and they brought her in cause they wanted her to try it for whatever it was. But yeah, feeling like a doctor or a therapist a lot too. Um, and you just talk people through, what are you trying to do? Have you ever used it before? What do you know about it first right there? And, um, you know, what are you trying to do? Do you have anxiety? Do you have pain? Do you have, who knows? Everybody's got every, you know, people have everything. So, you know, I was just wondering if this would work for it. Well, you know, here's my experience on it and, you know, what I've seen it do for other people is this stuff's amazing. And, you know, you just talk them through it and let them talk, hear their problems and figure out what's best for them. But what kind of things are you finding? Because we're so new to the CBD research, right? Even if I'm looking up a CBD research like Bob, right now, just look it up some CBD studies on the benefits of CBD, actual studies. See how many you actually can find. Because to me, you are at the ground floor of CBD studies, right? Because you're actually seeing, you're, you, you're well read on the matter. You were the first person to have it in Rochester, which means you've been talking to sales reps. You've been talking to people that have been reciting to you over and over again the benefits of CBD, right? And then you have seen them in action, 
and you've done your own research because you're a smart, smart man. That's why I like you so much. So all that, I'm trying to paint the picture for our listeners. All that, I feel very comfortable with you. what you say is an opinion. Low milligram dosage, high milligram dosage. Are you finding any trends on certain people who need certain things? Are you finding trends with CBD to be able to help certain people? When we start going into the higher milligrams, it's because people have chosen to go up there. And I'm not usually, they kind of figure it out for themselves. This is what I I say to them. You know, we're used to going to a doctor. They give you a medication. You take it for a month. You go back and he asks you, how do you feel? And then he adjusts your medication. So go home, take this, take note of what's going on and figure out if you need more or less. And they figure out if they need more or less. So... I haven't figured out myself because I haven't used a lot of CBD because THC has been my driving force for recovery. I'm adding, I'm da- dabbling with like tincture bottles that are 300 to 600 milligram generally. I don't like going to the 1,000 to 1,500. Just taking a couple drops and I'm probably averaging per day. Is that mid-range? Maybe. Yeah, that three to five hundred is mid range. Yeah, ten a thousand to fifteen hundred would be high, right, Eric? Would you believe? Yeah, right? am I right? Of yeah. the pinch bottles we're seeing. Well, see, here's the thing. Please, I gotta, yeah. I no, gotta, please. You can take a a thousand milligram bottle, and you can take a two hundred and fifty milligram bottle. The thousand milligram bottle is sixty milliliters. The two hundred and fifty milligram bottle is uh, two hundred and fifty milliliters. They're the same potency, and well, that's, that's where what everybody yeah, gets confused. Thirty milliliters versus sixty milliliters. You mean? Yeah, take, take a 500 milligram, yep. yeah, 30 yeah, mil, right. mm-hmm. and a 1,000 milligram, 1,000. They're the same potency. So a lot of people don't understand, no, I need 1,000. Like, hey, these are the same. So it's there's definitely a misunderstanding, and mm-hmm. people can't understand the math on it. It's really easy to sell you know, some high milligram bottle. All you do is just get a bigger bottle and dump your same stuff in it, and you're really just selling four times the amount or, you know, twice the amount of the other substances of the other stuff other you know it's not going to be any better for the customer you're just selling them two bottles worth so there's a lot of disconnect people don't realize what they're looking at and that's what it takes somebody who knows what they're talking about behind the counter thank you eric for that because when i'm speaking in my mind doing the comparison i'm thinking to myself well, anytime i'm saying this stuff i'm comparing a 30 mil bottle with a 30 mil bottle but eric is, uh, is perfectly right because there are small bottles that are like I don't know, 10 mil, 10, 10, 10, uh, 10 fluid ounces versus the 30, 30 or the 60. There's different size. So that matters how much it is. So let's say if I'm comparing a thousand milligram, 30 mil bottle and a 300 to 500 mil, I would be taking about eight, eight milligrams probably per day and droppers. The problem is with the droppers, a lot of these tinctures don't have measurements on them. So they're, everybody's guessing how much they're really taking in until you get a good gauge yourself. So our droppers that we're making with our tinctures now are going to have uh, quarter, half, and full. It's a really good idea. Um, that way you people know, know Personally, the I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, and I no. think a lot of tinctures, I think you should be buying a month supply and something strong enough that'll last off of, you know, three drops. We don't count drops. You'll end up going higher than that. But like, you know, a little bit in the in the dropper, just a little bit and and shoot it, you know. So And if that's it's, a, a little in a dropper like he's talking about, because now I have studied droppers and how much that is. <laughs> Seriously, there's a width different width droppers. So what you're saying, yeah. the reason why what he's Eric's saying, and I, and I don't mean to contradict you, but Every dropper bottle has different shapes. What we learned is about there's a three or four different 
dropper size widths and shapes out there in the market. So to say that it's different milligram levels, you could be talking about a quarter milligram all the way up to one milligram by saying that to somebody. That's where you, where I think where people are careful, but you have to be careful because there are people who take in too much CBD that could be negative on them. If they overdose on the CBD, you can over, not, not overdose. So anybody gets crazy, but they could overdose and have a, a be an asshole. Like it, it can make other pieces of your personality different. Mm. It can affect, have other subtle side effects to you by having too much CBD when you don't need that many milligrams. So that's what I caution people in general about tinctures is because it is an inexact science to deliver. Oh, it's completely. Yeah. Yeah. That is the problem with tinctures. Um, However, I just, as far as like organically goes, you know, like, you know, put it under your tongue, it absorbs in and it's like the most easiest. I don't prefer gummies. I don't like anything that goes in my stomach. Um, not to say the tincture doesn't go in your stomach, but you get that first bit in and then it's already like broken down a lot. Like I don't have to digest a freaking gummy bear or like some big wad of whatever. I don't know. I don't really care for that stuff anyway. So I'd rather have a perfect delivery right away. That's exactly right. That's why I've always been a bong smoker the whole way. Yeah. I might as well, yeah. I might as well go sit in the corner and and just put it through a shot. (laughs) It, It sounds like gummies are the most, uh, common usage of them of they're very common yeah a lot of people looking for gummies i think we're a pill society we've been brought up with pills Ah. since kids right flintstones vitamins da 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 (laughs) so i think to me because my partners might have talked about this a little bit it's a cultural thing versus anything else so it's more of a finding the best ways listen if you have a good cbd and you're using good isolate technically tinctures and lotion is all you need the rest of your life to be honest, or maybe dabbing. If you want to break it down, very simple. None of our bodies, phys- it's kind of like food, right? There's all these different foods out there. Ultimately, at the end of the day, there's probably a streamlined amount of foods we all need. And as long as they have all the nutrients and minerals we need, we don't need all the excessive stuff, right? But we're not going to because that's not how we are. That's fine. So really, those are the three. So now us as business people are saying, if we really know these are the three things that everybody really needs, what is it that everybody wants? You got to figure out what they want for delivery methods. What do they feel comfortable with? It's not about you at this point. It's not about what really is the proper thing medically to take in, but what is it that people desire? And what they desire is pill form, gummies, da da da. They just want to have that little sweet when they put their. It, what is it? What's the song by Mary Poppins? It's a spoonful, a spoonful of, sugar. of sugar helps the medicine <laughs> go down. Medicine go down. Basically, anything other than lotions, tinctures, and maybe dabbing for CBD, you're pretty much that song. Am I right? Wrong? Am I off base with that? Uh, as far as like, what what do people want? No, um, no, just the right delivery method for your body. I'm talking about like scientifically bringing it in for the medical benefits, like what oh, you really yeah. need versus what is out there. Yeah. You know, you but know, people get, very simple. people are stuck in their ways and, uh, however, you know, they start taking it, it works. They want to stick with it cause they tried something else. It didn't work, you know? It, so, um, yeah, you probably hit it saying that's all we need. And, uh, but you know, you gotta have products out there that people want. I'm not and, saying any of that. And I'm not saying people don't have the entitled to have it any different way. I'm just saying, you know, you're basically just catering to people's what they are, believe philosophically or what they feel like yeah. is best. Well, for it's their body. funny you say that because, um, uh, we don't sell a whole lot of gummies and we don't sell pretty much no capsules. Uh, however, we also have a customer base that we're constantly, 
um, you know, you're training them basically. I talk them through that and you guide them to, to what really like I guide them towards what I believe is, is the right way. Uh, you know, I want gummies, you know, or I want, I want to vape it. What are you trying to do? Okay. Have you taken it before? What are you using? And if they're not using a tincture, I'm always pulling that tincture off. Like you should try a tincture. This is why. And then, you know, you want to branch out from there, but a lot of people who get on the tinctures are, are just, they don't branch too far. Go buy a bath bomb or something. That'll make you feel good. No, but the tinctures are, they're a good delivery method. Yeah, It's they a are. nice clean way to get it and, and to really to figure out for yourself how much you want it on a daily basis through a couple of days of experimentation, yeah. whether it's relaxation or if you need something to get yourself going for attention to, to stay focused during the day. Uh, and then for all the other things like avoid Parkinson's and, and side effects yeah. of all these other nonsense. The other good thing about it, this is like um, one thing I really like about the dabs is, uh, you know, CBD, it, it like works against and works with THC. So you remember like being 16 and freaking smoking out in the field and you're like walking back and like all of a sudden the spinnies hit you. Like, where did this high come from? You know, it's like the, the big like sneak up on your highs. Mm-hmm. Um, creeper. Yeah, creeper. Yeah, what yeah what's creeper, like holding yeah. that back uh, has a lot to do with CBD. Um, and like, so it can like back it off so it hits you slower uh, or hits you later, but it'll also like instead of going in your system and out, it'll come up and plateau. So you can make your dab last like way longer and way better. Or if you get too high, you can like back yourself off a little bit. And this is kind of what I was trying to talk about with CBD delivery through tinctures is that if you are doing if you are also taking THC, delivering t- CBD in will add different effects up and down. That's exactly what you just described. Yeah. It's perfect. When you need that fast shot, though, like, oh, geez, I need to get back in control. Freaking take a riff of you know, CBD on a nail and, you know. Bam. Just do, a, just do a dab of CBD and when that's done, you clean the nail and throw a regular one in there. I am and having pro- I am having problems with, with buying a rig and taking it and, and doing that at my house for CBD and for THC. I know I need to, but I'm just having the, I'm having that philosophical problem in my head because I relate that type of process to crack cocaine, you know, and, and, and it's been in my family's life and I, and I don't like it. It's something I hate and what don't want to think about. It's and freebasing it. It's no, it is. It's freebasing well, it. People so, just don't ah. get it sometimes. They're like, I, I, you know, what do you mean you do it? It's like you freebase it, man. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm fine with it. I am. I, it, it, it's, it's fine. But just philosophically I have to get it through my head I know I do I have to work through it I, I gotta be a big boy <laughs> but I have that old Catholic mentality in me that there's certain things that just buy a really nice rig and you'll be like I would never smoke crack out of this thing I'd sell it so I could buy crack that's funny <laughs> so- <laughs> but it's like a buy crack if I get in that point please someone hang me alright so but uh, the maintenance. What's the maintenance on on rigs? Let's talk about maintenance a little bit. So you you sell them, you use rigs. I'm thinking about buying a rig, but I don't want anything that's going to be high maintenance. What what do you recommend for someone well, new? One like of the me? good things with concentrates is uh, they don't have. You're not combusting plant material. You're not throwing that much crap through it. So really, what's going in there is just vaporized oil that just reclaims out. It precipitates out and just sticks to the side of it. Um, if you keep a pipe clean, it'll always be very easy to clean. But you let that thing sludge up, you can still get it out. Get a good cleaner and... Just, just every time you use it, just a quick wipe kind of thing. 
No. But, um, like every time, you know, use your water, you know, change your water out. That'll help it better. I'm terrible. I'll use old water and I'll let my pipe build up, but, um, you know, empty your pipe out. That'll help, uh, empty it straight down the drain. So you don't end up with like little sticky spots in your, um, in your sink. Um, and then like hit it with a cleaner once in a while and just get something you pour into it or just do like salt and salt and alcohol at a minimum. But, uh, and just hit it that way, and it'll keep everything cleared out. But honestly, get yourself like a sweet recycler or something like that. They don't hang up for anything. Interesting. Okay. So what if if someone wanted to get into dabbing CBD or, or THC, but CBD specifically, either one, what kind of rig would you recommend for me then? What, what was it? You just said, what was it that you just mentioned? Oh, recyclers are recyclers. nice. They're is that, is really that generally cool like there's a bunch of different brands that make that kind of... Mm. Or is that one? Yeah, it's a style of pipe um, where it can move the water up and the water goes up and down through it. It recycles back down. And how much would that cost me for that rig? Um, You can pick up recyclers depending on what, you know, where they're made, how they're made. Um, You know, you can find them for 50 bucks. You can find them for, you know, a thousand. You can find them for, you know, go on for days. So beginning people doing dabbing, what would be the cost of the initial investment? We sell a Welcome to Wax kit that gives you everything. So it comes with a rig, a nail, a carb cap, a tool, a silicone container, a rig rag for cleaning off your tool, a torch, butane, and a dab mat for 80 bucks. And instructions. And instructions. And eh, they usually video. got it down. YouTube They've already video. tried their friends. So is that with one of those styled... Um, it, it's just a units? water pipe, really. Oh, so that's um, a more simpler water pipe than what, the one you recommended for me? Yeah, yeah, right. you know, um, okay. we can pick something out nice, right? But here's no, I'm just curious. No, I'm just curious if for people who are listening to this and may be interested in this, I'm trying to paint a picture of what it would cost so them to get into this. The best thing about rigs is that, you know, with, with flower pipes, you know, bigger is better, more percolation is better. Um, and that's fine because you're uh, combusting plant material and there's a large percentage of that smoke bubble that's not, you know, your THC, your final product that you want. Um with uh, an oil pipe, usually the less percolation is better. You're basically just cooling it enough so it's not scorching your throat. And because you want that air up and out and to pop up out of there as, as quick as possible, because the longer that bubble is in the water, the more THC and cannabinoids are going to precipitate out. So less percolation is better. Just a single, two hole, you know down stem plop 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 um is the way to go so with that it, rigs can be really cheap you know we bought oh man we bought like 150 rigs and uh three different kinds got them dirt cheap and threw them in this kit and we're still able to make money good stuff i love it Whew. so after the initial investment, so it's eighty dollars. Then, for whatever the product costs me as an individual or whoever else is listening wants to know, and then what is the general maintenance cost as as you maintain it through the year? The the biggest problems are going to be breakage. Um, Just glass keeping it, keeping breakage. it clean is like you know, buy a bottle for ten bucks and you'll get like four cleans out of it. Get lazy and you don't have to buy a bottle of cleaner. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> and the cleaner is designed to be safe with the rig and all that stuff. Yeah, right? it's an yeah. all-natural cleaner, I imagine. So, and my okay. favorite thing lately, uh-huh. um, I picked up a Jeff Platt triple recycler uh, from a local collector recently, and um, so I went home, 
cleaned it, cleaned it, cleaned it, cleaned it. It was pretty clean when it came to me. But uh, the what I really like the the hemp hand cleaner, the seven ten hand cleaner. Mm-hmm. Um, you clean a pipe, they're always sticky on the outside. This stuff, I, I always take a big squirt on it and I just massage the rig around and. Uh, you just run it underwater, wipe it clean, That's and they hilarious. sparkle, man. It's like... Yeah, there's a hemp can cleaner that mm. my business partner made that just <laughs> is really amazing with sticky resin. It, it's just... Yeah, what else. happened to it? It's, Where is it's it? Coming, it's, it's on the back burner right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Understandably so. We have so. to market it properly, but um, <laughs> we it, it is... Everybody who uses it loves it. Like, we've uh, sent it out to someone in the industry out in California that does um, fruit, cooks up fruit concoctions, and it's the only thing that gets his pans clean. The only thing. <laughs> like, we had to send him five-gallon buckets of it. <laughs> nice. Seriously, we didn't have labels for it. He's like, I, I, need it. I need it out here. So, yeah, <laughs> it's funny. All right, so I see you got the raw hat on. You're putting on rolling papers. So I'm anti-blunts generally. I'm, I'm uh, pretty loud about that as an opinion because uh, I don't believe that kind of paper's um, destined to be in people's lungs, so it shouldn't be co- used THC. I think you're counteracting the benefits of THC by using blunts. That's my own person, uh, personal opinion. I hope you either can validate it or tell me I'm an idiot. Uh, and then I see you get the raw papers. So what do you recommend to people uh, regarding pa- papers? Well, blunts, first off, blunt smokers will keep smoking blunts because they're addicted to the nicotine in it. Um, so there's the, nicotine in the blunt papers. Oh, my papers, God. Right? Those things are probably just dipped in it. Uh, so it's interesting. You get a blunt smoker on water pipes and a vape. Um, cause oh, yeah, you know, it's it, same thing, just two different deliveries. Yeah. Methods. Uh, so, but papers, um, you know, there's menagerie of papers. Everybody's different. Uh, I actually have trouble rolling rods because of how dry my hands are. Um, and it doesn't matter what I do to them. I cannot get my fingers to stick to them. I still roll rods almost all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, or like whatever sitting on my bench at the time. But no, Ross, like, are those hemp papers that all natural paper? They do have an organic hemp. Uh, they're natural, unbleached. Um, and he, really, like Josh, the guy who owns Raw, is like a solid dude, man. He, so there's no carcinogens in it. He, uh, I mean, you're burning it. So everything causes cancer. No, not, not weed. If you take it through water or dabbing. I think, I think everything messes with your body. And if you're prone to cancer, you're going to get cancer. If you're not, you're not going to get it. I, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. If you are taking in THC and CBD properly and, and thinking that it's going to stop every tumor from growing, but you are ta- drinking a beverage that is killing your pancreas, it doesn't matter how much cancer you Yeah, yeah, you that's have, what's great. When people are like, get crushed, yes, I, right? need, I need a very, uh, I need an organic. Is this all organic? And it's like, where'd you eat lunch today? McDonald's? Like, mm-hmm. yo, you're eating McDonald's, but you're worried about this being yeah. fully organic? What the, what the hell are you thinking? Um, you know, it's yeah, funny how we care about stuff. certain things like that. Like, you know, what else do you take from the pharmacy? You ever question what's in that? Like, mm. No, you trust the pharmacist. Yeah, but you're not. I, I get that there's not necessarily trusting a um, a smoke shop employee handing out CBD. I get maybe why they might <laughs> question that, but they're also walking the doors intending to buy it there too. So, it, you know, it's all about trusting the person you're buying it from. 
Amen. And the fact that you are the first that brought CBD to Rochester. Everybody in Rochester should be coming to you because if anything, you've probably sampled more CBD products than anybody else in this <laughs> town. I mean, am I right? Wrong? I mean, you, you went on the I'm whole sure list of calls like I did, I'm sure there's people that go over right? me, but I've, I've definitely been in it for a long time. Um, it's nice to to see people around who have been in it for, for a while too. Um, but uh, it's knowing what's good and what's not. In, I'll always give you my opinion. And if you don't trust me by the time you're done talking to me, you know, that's, that's your call. You do whatever you want, but you're, you're do you're giving your opinion based on a couple things that I know about yeah. you already, uh, based on your heart, based on the wisdom you have gained through research and based on personal experience. And if you have someone giving you information based on those three things with no ill will in their heart, as far as making money, you're going to get a good product, hopefully. Uh, uh, now, hopefully, you're going to get a good product and you're going to meet someone and have a good relationship. Continue, right? Yeah. Well, on top of it, I'm not even pointing them to like the most expensive thing on the shelf. I'm usually saying, why are you wasting your money? It's 35 bucks. 35 bucks. You get yourself a killer tincture. Start there. You know? And I'll tell people too, like, <clears throat> this one's more expensive. Like, don't waste your money on this, this you know, $30 one get this $40 one. Why? Here, here's a sample. Put it on your ankle right now. I'm like, oh, uh, I'll take it, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, Bob, I'm putting Bob on the spot right now. Giving Eric a break. All right, Do know. we have a fact, fiction, or jury still out for this episode? Or do we have something to, to analyze the our crew with? I got one. Whether or not you'll approve of it is another story. Well, I may not approve, but we're going to let you throw it out there anyways. Because right, right. Eric needs a little break because you know he needs to be re-upped here a little Can bit. So we're going to let him re-up. My fact, fiction, or jury sellout. Can CBD become a credible medical alternative? Ooh. Yes. Well, we know Eric's opinion on it. We know Eric's opinion on it, so that's good. We didn't have to say, Eric, what's your opinion on this? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my opinion because I know you're gonna have some facts that are gonna back up you here in a second. So my opinion on it. Say say the question again because I want I want to make sure I don't get tricked by the wording because I know how you are about wording. So I'm gonna listen again intently now. All right. Can CBD become a credible medical alternative? Yes, I believe it already has. To a degree, it has to a degree. But. Uh, yes, I believe the answer to that is outright yes. That's my opinion. I believe it's going to take a long time. The FDA has approved only one medicine that's CBD related, which is a shame because there's... And what's the name of it? It is called Epidolex. Mm-hmm. Epidolex, yeah. Okay, there you go. Epidolex, yeah. <laughs> You're good. I know I know this. This is where the this is where the pharmaceutical company is trying to lay claim that we don't need CBD in this cannabis. We have this epidolic we made that does the same thing. And so why don't you just keep paying us and forget the cannabis plant? But go ahead, Bob, sorry. But it it's it shouldn't be that way because they're making billions of dollars on this already. And the whole C- CBD growth, but they're not the FDA is not committing to it, which I'm perplexed by that. The CBD or the Epidiolex? The CBD in general for more broad-based products. 
and that probably goes to the question I asked you earlier, so I don't know what the response was, but how many CBD studies, actual studies, did you find when you did your some looking? Oh, they just popped up constantly. So there started to be more. Did you see the years of the studies? Uh, the last started... one I saw was in December of 2018. No, the earliest. What's the uh, earliest one? Earliest. No, I did not see the earliest. Because I'll bet you it would be hard-pressed for you to find a study of CBD from 1999. Mm. Before 1999? No, I'm, I'm saying with the year 1999. I'm just picking that year out of my ass. Okay. Or 1982, or 1970, or 1968, or 19, Maybe 2008, maybe. I'd like to see the first year that you can find a study, the actual year that you can find a study done on CBD and the positive effects health-wise. The earliest year you can find a legit study, not just some free time magazine story. (laughs) Excuse me, I'm talking about posted in a medical journal or some kind of place, a respected place, where it was a doctor that kind of put themselves out there on a limb to, to say the benefits. And it could be the next episode that you get the answer to this. You may not get it now. Um, but, all right, <clears throat> so E, one of the things the three of us have in common, as Bob rolls, I might distract him a little bit, but I want him to keep researching, is a band that we all love. <laughs> and the last time you are on, we did not get to talk about these guys as much because my son hates me talking about this band. Because he much. doesn't get it. It's okay. He doesn't get it. It's okay. What? He doesn't like them? It's fine. It's not that he doesn't like them. He will absolutely go to shows with me in the future. We've talked about it, but it's just he's heard it enough. He still won't get it. Give him some mushrooms, then he might get it. <laughs> he has not tried any psychedelics yet, my son. Him and I have had a long talk Ooh. about psychedelics. That'll change um, his paradigm. No, no, yeah. No, get him oh, into no. microdosing. Do you microdose? I do. Oh, yeah. Yes, I do mushrooms. I do microdose mushrooms, yes. Uh, that's the only thing I allow myself to do right now, but... Because I feel like uh, with mushrooms, what I've learned and how it benefits the nervous system, I think that's to me, is more important than any other kind of microdosing as far as uh, any of the other psychedelics. So I stick to small amounts. I put them in shake, in a drink, and I'll do it on a Friday or Saturday night where I barely feel, but I know it's benefits, and I'll go out dancing, so it actually helps <laughs> perpetuate it. Take it to the point where you don't feel it. No, that's right. And that's then take I do. it every day. I'm already, no, I don't want to do it every day because I, I don't want to... I'm a firm believer that you do something too often. It's it could be it could be uh, you know where CBD's light. I don't do I feel it for like, a year straight. No, no, but I, <laughs> so I feel like I'm I'm basically microdosing once a week. Okay, you know, and then maybe one time I'll a month. I'll you a little I, bit, and then one time a month I, I I I enjoy it a little more <laughs> when nobody else knows. <laughs> and it usually lets me be a, uh, enjoy things a little a little bit more intensely. All five of my senses are like, whop, Brian, what the hell did you just do? You're already so hyper-focused. What the hell did you just do? I'm all about like being alone. Like, let me go sit on my roof or just go sit in the woods and just talk to myself for hours. See, do you know why you you and I are different like that? Because you are a father with kids, right? And always around people. So that's your... I've always been that way, though. So the first mushrooms I ever ate, I grew. I'll never forget that. Like, I started... How old? Uh... Yeah, like 21, 22. Cool, go ahead. Um, got this, something sparked me. You know, how do you do this? You know, buying books and just reading stuff. And, uh, you know, got a little monotub going. And uh, he was, I'll never forget the day we're sitting there looking at him. Like, these things just popped up, man. They grow so fast. And uh, so we're like, well, here they are. Like, what should we do? I'm like, 
let's eat them. So we're just eating fresh mushrooms. And that was where I like, actually, to be honest, almost all of the mushrooms I've ever eaten are, uh, I've grown very, very few of them. I haven't grown. Wow. This is really great because we've touched on this and go ahead, Bob. Do you like the taste of them? Oh yeah. I love them. I love them fresh. I love them dried. I like stick in my teeth. Yeah. I don't care because it goes right back to the thing. I'm always watching what I do, uh, subconsciously. Um, I know what it's doing for me. I know what it is. Right. So you know it's a benefit. So you're like you have tricked your body into thinking I don't care what the taste of this is because it's no, so I think beneficial my body to me. Just knows. Yeah, it's like yeah. It's you know, eat strawberries. You like strawberries? Everything's my good. You eat mushrooms. Just like the mushrooms, they taste good. You're not a fan. Oh, it's got to be mixed. Okay. I have to put it in some form of peanut butter granola or something <laughs> that I can mask that earthy. Dirty, grungy taste that yeah. just rots my it's gut. It's fungus. <laughs> <laughs> You're eating fungus. Yeah. I, huh? Yep. It is a good fungus for you, Throat folks. Please go out there, look at studies. And uh, did we see it last week? It was announced Colorado, the voters just, I believe, approved or it's on the ballot to be approved. For I know it's coming. Mushrooms being approved mm-hmm. medically in Colorado. I hope you're looking it's at it. It's great because I, just I, like. More Oregon, I believe, is already approved approved medically for mushrooms just like we're going this way with uh you know medical marijuana and you know how how all this started and people pushing for it um you get great uh you know revelations out of it cbd if we didn't have the push towards the psychoactive side of this we never would have discovered what this plant really can do and it's the same thing with mushrooms mushrooms are mystical they you know there's something to them and uh this is just going to open the doors for research and what can we do with it and you know you're going to start seeing people who you know we're going to find people being cured of something out here you know uh, you can cure like you know, bad addictions with like one crazy weekend on whatever. You know, there's concoctions that they give you, make you throw up, hallucinate, whatever. And then you come out and you're like, oh, I hate whatever. But, you know, mushrooms can put you in a different paradigm and you come out a different person. So what can we find out about psilocybin and what else is behind psilocybin that we don't know about? Definitely repairs nerves. I've tried to, so my uncle just found out he has severe diabetes because he's let his body go for so long and his heart, they said if he felt any kind of heart ailment, he needs to call the ambulance immediately and he's got a thyroid issue. It's basically because he's treated his body like a garbage can his whole life. So I'm seeing now how someone could treat their body as poorly as they can probably treat it and not pay attention to the nutrients going to their body at all. Um, and what now the ill effects of it. So I brought him over some mushrooms, shake, told him to take some microdoses to start helping him the repair process of this diabetes. He still hasn't touched them. Brought him over tinctures. I don't think he's finished the bottle. Oh, the doctors are giving medicine. So the doctors now, I think, have given him five, six different medicines. Doesn't feel any better. He feels a little bit better, but he wants to feel better like tomorrow. But none of the things I brought over for him, which are things I know will all work for his specific conditions from every study I've seen, 
At least give it. it a try. This is stubbornness of this of this. He's probably generation. not compliant too. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's just a drinker. He, he smokes yeah. THC like uh, out of his mind his whole life. I mean, you know, he's oh, but he won't day. try that. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's not like he's some. This dude's been on the edge of drugs his whole life. I walked in in his apartment and it was a freaking crack house, okay? And there was freaking serious crap going on as I came home from college, all right? So this dude has been there, but yet he won't try this microdose shrooms, which I don't get it. What do you got, Bob? You got some good info for us? Denver, Colorado could become the first U.S. city to... decriminalize psychedelic mushrooms after a campaign gathered enough signatures to put magic mushrooms uh, measure on the ballot for municipal election in May, this May. It was talked about, so I was traveling. I was on national media over the weekend. Nice. The roll is slowly starting. (laughs) Can you imagine what's going to happen as that goes... If something like that went legal, so... One of the big problems with uh, legalization of uh, marijuana is like gummies, people overdoing it. All of a sudden, people are getting way like so messed up on THC. Like, I didn't realize this stuff could do this to me. It's it's insane. Um, but then you're going to get somebody who doesn't know how to dose mushrooms. Uh, you know, somebody's going to make a tea up for them. We're going to have some people running around. It's going to be hysterical. Somebody getting bad trips when they get caught up with... It it could be either called learning the hard way or enjoying what you first got. Yeah. So why is it that when I just brought up fish, we just got off on a whole tangent about psychedelics? Eh. Okay, Uh so first, let's let's get back to the original. Off the tangent now, as much as... We went back to medical discussion. That's not a bad thing. But fish... What was your first show? Why fish? E, tell me your your story of why. I was fish. actually a late late bloomer. Um, I listened to fish in high school, but I you know graduated oh one, and so pretty young. And going to shows was not something that I had like an understanding of. Like we didn't go to concerts. Um, it wasn't until junior year that I actually went and uh, you know hit up a three eleven show. Uh, Jimmy's Chicken Shack, and, uh, you know, it's like, okay, concerts, like, this is cool. It just, like, wasn't something my family did. We weren't musical, and I got into music kind of on my own through my friends, but um, just, like, going hitting shows wasn't, like, a... Uh, a thing that I really thought about being a possibility. Uh, why? I don't know. Um, and then going to <clears throat> school, met a kid, uh, great time, uh, played water polo with him and, you know, just started hanging out with him and his friends. They were a bit older than me. And uh, first Bonnaroo came around and I like stopped up to see him uh, one summer and he's just like, yo, man, you tell me about it. And he just, I'll never forget him looking at me. He's like, you're going to want to go. I'm like, Okay, I'll go to this thing. Wow, everything changed after that. And then when uh, did you hear that? Wow, Bob, <laughs> there was some energy in that. Wow, very enthusiastic. It was like it was like that day again, right? Yeah, uh, just a a good time. And you know, after they came, you know, post hiatus, uh, I just started going out there. It was a Cincinnati show. It was my first show. And I saw a guy wearing a what year, hat. What year was that? Sorry. I want to give reference to people. Cincinnati, do you know approximately? 2002. Okay. Thank you. So you saw a guy wearing... I saw a guy wearing a hat that was an old Navy kid's hat. And I have the same hat. I was like, I've never seen it before. I was like, yo, I've got that hat. This hat was like 
you know, 15 years old by now. And why is some dude wearing it? He's like, oh yeah, old Navy kids. I don't know. That was, it's the weird things that happen at shows. Things as dumb as that. And people expect you to approach them about things like that. That's why they wear unique things like that. That's this is the interesting thing about fish shows is I have an outfit that I like to wear regularly at fish shows because I want to draw the attention of the drummer John Fishman. I don't know if I'd want to be around you at a fish show. <laughs> you would. I dance my face. People all right, so quick story. I think I told this before, but day three, fish show, Madison Square Garden. I'm in section four hundred behind the stage. I'm dancing like five, six, seven songs. Uh, first set, I walk away, first set, just stands on the balcony, go back like midway through the second set, and a girl who was staying behind me, so there's three college girls behind me, and a girl taps me on the back and says to me, I'm glad you're back, we love your energy, thank you for coming back. Listen, I'm not making up the story, I don't know what the hell they meant by it or anything, that's me at a fish show. I, I, I know that basically what at a fish show, I can... Dance every second because I will find an instrument to find the beat to, and I will be on a beat. Like people are regularly at fish shows say they're inspired by my dancing. I don't know why. I'm a good dancer. That's great. I enjoy dancing. So I think it, most people actually enjoy being by me at fish shows because it, it's the first time they actually shut up. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't talk a word. Like <laughs> people love being around me because they just see my energy and don't have to hear me. <laughs> I'm I'm very analytical. Um, and it's weird. Sometimes I'll get caught up in listening so hard to what they're doing that I'll, I love dancing. Don't get me wrong. You know, that's like my primary, what I really want to do. But all, a lot of times I'll find myself just staring and just comprehending everything they're doing as well as I can paying attention so much. Um, did you stream and, the New Year's show this year, or have no. you, do you stream shows ever? No. Okay, so you're the guy that has to be live to listen to it. No. Okay. No, I really enjoy it. I love it. Um, and uh, But I haven't been listening to much of it lately, and uh, I don't know. I think I'm kind of burned out mm -hmm. by, I don't know. I, you know, I, the traveling and, and just running around, I'm done with that, uh, and like it's just kind of... I love it. I've just moved on to other things. I like the outlet of the music. So I determined this year I'll probably travel for probably three or four shows. That's it. Um, and one of them I may work, you know, set up a booth for. So it'll be more of a work trip than a trip, traditional fish trip. But See, now that'd be fun. I'd love to get back into something. Well, I'm Denver. Like, I'm going to set up a like booth. Do something like that to drag if, you to shows. And my, that's like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So my partners, I'm trying to talk them into putting a booth out there. And if they don't want to, I'm thinking about putting my podcast out, a booth out there because I could easily have a podcast booth and yeah. still roll pretty normal for the shows. Oh and, yeah, and not and have yeah, yeah. And not be affected either way, and and basically not have to walk around and bring people my message to me. Um, so that's what I'm thinking about for next year. But other than that, I like it as an outlet, right? Like I oh, had a yeah. couple deaths in my family, big this year, um, and the fish shows right after those two deaths. I got to tell you, they were they were my church. My family all has their different weight, but that was what I needed in Vegas, and I needed uh, in Denver, and I needed New York City. I needed those to get my personal soul through some tragedies mm. this year. Let go. Be in a place yeah. where you don't have to, you know. 
No. So now I'll just stream the, the July shows in Saratoga. I'll go to Toronto, hopefully, and I'll go to Denver. And uh, and maybe if they have a special show towards the end of the year, I'll go. But on that, I'm with you. I don't want to go to those just any shows anymore, you know, uh, where yeah. it's a two-hour, three-hour show someplace random. Uh, there's just not the special feeling. Like, they're at Bonnaroo, I think, this year. I was considering Are that. they really? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Be, I mean, but, they, like, that's when you hit, like, great shows. It's not like, you know... Um, uh, Hampton uh, in uh, 2009 it's like you know half of it's like here's our greatest hits album or we're gonna bang through these but you know you, you head out somewhere else and they get into some crazy jam or you know it, it doesn't matter you know it's the, and, and it's always like give and take like parts of it you're like alright bring it out here if you're not into it and then other parts you know they're just like on fire and it's the change-ups they do and ah, it's great so i'm gonna warn you i listened to an interview with trey recently and he mentioned that this is the best year in the history of their band yeah so if there's ever a time to jump back into listen to a couple streams during the year now they say just the way musically and what they're creating everything is yeah. is by far what they're happiest with i guess even you know, the playing when their music when they're happy together <coughs> they flow they just you you can tell almost what's going on with the band just by how they're playing, and the happier they are, man. It's just which I will say that about Hampton. Like when they, I I went to those three shows and um, you're like, oh yeah, they're they're definitely having a good time up there because they've had some special runs. The Hampton run was special in their history. New York City runs have been history. It's it's been really crazy. Um, uh, all the different venues they have really had special events, special moments in. Um, they spread yeah. it around a little bit. It's been nice. So, um, so that's our fish talk. Our, our, we have to get back to our fact fiction. Jury's still out now. So, we all said yes. What Bob did you learn and see uh, through your fact finding for our fact to say CBD is going to be medical? You said it could take some time. What else did you find out? Well, I, I definitely believe it's going to take time yeah. because the FDA is just taking so long to wrap around it and every state's gonna and the reason why i asked e earlier and i forgot to piggyback this is the reason why i asked him earlier is soon you're only gonna be able to buy cbd products in the state that they're produced right that's gonna that's be like federal law but it's always just been like you know, or because it wasn't uh federally legal you know you couldn't pass states but nobody's ever listened to it and Nobody's going to listen to it until it goes like full medical, which really it should become a commodity. You're going to start finding it in your Heinz ketchup. You know, it, <laughs> we should have it in our systems. Let's just treat it like a freaking vitamin. Let's take the money out of it and let's just make sure our bodies have it. Amen. And make sure you figure out personally how much you should take in for your body to make sure that you are right every day. So, so you're not... I say just go nuts, man. If yeah, it's in something, take right. it. You want to eat some stuff, go you, for you it. You can't overdose, right? Like you could, <laughs> no. you could drink a bottle of tinctures, and what? what yeah, you get oh, sick if you drink a bottle oil. of tinctures, yeah, you would get sick off the oil. But the CBD itself, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, what would happen if you drank a full bottle? So the know. side effects would be more about the oil in the bottle than the actual CBD. Well, if you're gonna drink a gallon of it, well, no, I'm talking about like a thousand milligram. If you if you were to drink a thousand milligram. 30 mil, 1,000 milligram bottle of tincture. Oh, so it's limited oil. It's not going to do too much yeah, to you. Yeah, oil wise. 1,000 so milligrams? Yeah, 1,000 milligrams I mean, of CBD. You're, you're going to be pretty gonna wound be up. Really, yeah. You're going to be really wound up. Like, wound ooh. up? 
I would think. Or I would really want to sleep. Out. You think sleepy? Just be like, nah, just relax, man. Feeling so, good all over. See, this is the kind of studies we need to start doing, I think, as far as the podcast. We need to start doing crap like this and documenting it and, and, can I do and a putting little, some research. Can I say something a little PC about uh, yeah, uh, CBD helping? I hope it's not PC. Um, I got a vasectomy a week, a week ago. Uh-huh. And... Um, uh, day in the club, brother. Day Amen. two, yeah. Day two, um, you know, my stitches were hurting a lot, um, and uh, we were aching. So uh, I went and took a rip of CBD, and like by the time I walked upstairs, it was gone. I'm like, this is fantastic. It's know? a true story, folks. We are not telling lies here. This is really the CBD stories that we hear every day. Truly. Eh. I got people, how about this? I had my ex-wife text me. This is the funniest thing. My ex-wife texts me, and, and my ex-wife and I have a great relationship. I've mentioned it before. She texts me and goes, ex-husband Brian, everybody's texting me about CBD. When are your products get? Like, I haven't heard this much about CBD ever. Like, she's like annoyed texting me like, I have to re- I have to reach out to you right now. And we talk regularly, so it's not a big thing. But it's Tell just everybody funny how far your state. I well, have. have your tinctures anyway. Out I have. There yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I've told them to go there, but I, you know, basically I told them yeah, middle of March and uh, and we'll be, I'll be good. But the whole point is the wave and the knowledge and the education. It's it's all hitting now, and it's going to hit hard, which is great yeah. for everybody. Spreading so, fast. I can't wait. To, so do you know what I kept I keep saying uh, to people that I meet that are from Canada. You know, the first line everybody says is, you lucky dogs, you're legal, right? You know, that's the obvious thing. But then I say the second thing I think I they're say, lucky because they live in Canada. Not so, like I don't like our uh, uh, our say, country. I love our country, but I'm more of a Canada guy, I think. You say good day, eh? You look hey. like you'd be a guy to hey, say, buddy. hey, pretty easy. <laughs> What's you, it? He, you look Canadian. <laughs> you do. He does. Hey. Look at him. He's got. Why, uh, he's my got eyes a red. Are close together. That and your flannel you got on. Oh, you know, yeah. he looks like you just got done logging, and he's got the raw black raw baseball hat on, and he's got the the burgundy you know long sleeve shirt underneath. It. He looks like a long raw right shirt now. too. Oops. I, I usually it. will not wear this hat with a raw shirt. I love it. Um, Why not? But I covered it up today. So. I love it. It's funny. So, anyways, he's got this picture painted. So uh, now I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Gosh. Anyways. Canada. Canada. I keep telling them the bonus of it is the national health care system, the side effect of them legalizing up there will be that the national health care system, I think in the long term, will benefit and cost the country a lot less long term. And most people in, in Canada are not thinking about it or talking about it. But everybody I meet from Canada, I mention that to them and they all like, it's like a, a light bulb goes off. We end up talking <laughs> about it a little bit. I'm like, think about your national health care because people don't realize really what this will do for you medically. And I'm kind of hyping the fact that medically guys like take advantage. Like this is going to help everybody. And they're all, it's a, I, I think it's huge. And I think they're a great, going to be a great study in how their healthcare changes over the next 10 years. I can't wait to see how that works. Think about if, because of legalization, we could have universal healthcare. If it works for them, model them, maybe we could make it work. Yeah. And I like to, to... To look at it the other way. That's right. I like to mention this too. Um, do you know the organization that has outlawed psychedelics? What? There's, there's an organization that has outlawed psychedelics for everybody. Do you know what that organization is? They're basically the organization that said psychedelics that nobody's allowed to. We don't care what you schedule. They're illegal. The United Nations. Oh. 
The United Nations is the one who's actually taken the stronghold. I mean, they, they've categorized a lot of drugs, but they are the driving force behind the um, making sure that psychedelics were illegal. So think about this. If psychedelics weren't, and it weren't looked at that way, can you imagine a bunch of people tripping out one day, have a big trip out day in one state? <laughs> can you imagine some crap like that? Like, if it, like <laughs> they're, they're, with, to me, with psychedelics, I believe they always have to be medicinal. Uh, I believe, I, I don't know. This is just my personal opinion. I, I just wouldn't want to see bus drivers tripping on a shroom. Oh, hell no. Okay? Um, like, I think there's no way to test for that, right? So Another another term for magic bus? See, like, <laughs> I, like I was saying earlier, they're, uh, they're mystical. They should be respected. And I think that's where my real... Um, this probably came from my first trip, this philosophy. Um, but, you know... You, you got to respect them and you should use them appropriately. You should use them to open your mind, use them to become uh, the person you want to be. Not saying like things happen when you're taking mushrooms. Um, and yeah, I mean, they're here from God. Sit down and watch them grow. Amen. And amen. Amen. Can I have an amen? Amen. All right, so we've wrapped up. It's been a long two hours. Eric needs to go home and relax. We thank everybody for listening. Uh, this is episode 20. It's a special one for me uh, because that means we have rolled here now for, holy smokes, what, almost five months, four, f- over four months. And I really love the format. I love having Robert Pye as my sidekick. Uh, Eric Miller will be a regular guest of ours as he grows into CBD and his his research and, and our ski adventures, which I'm going to make his butt get yeah. out on. Uh, but I love having Eric on and I love his voice and energy. Uh, but we are going to keep plodding along and we have some cool, cool episodes planned for you in the next couple of weeks. We apologize for the two week break, but uh, the weather here in Rochester, New York, uh, dissuaded us from being able to drive to our podcast studio. So here we are back on track again and, and I can't wait for the next couple episodes. So uh, Eric, can you please tell everybody anywhere they can find your social media, what's the address of your store, any way they can learn more about you or your business, sir? Well, Empire State Smoke Shop. It's on Lyle Ave, 2340. Lyle Ave, uh, 585-222-4367. It's 222 Hemp. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're we're local to Rochester, so it, it, that really stays there. Uh, don't do too much shipping, but yeah, five, if you're in the town. 585 area code. If he wants to do shipping, I'm an expert at helping him, so I will help him or anybody else that needs that. If you, you need you more can, of a reference, it's across the street from the Wegmans. Behind the Arby's. Mm-hmm. That's actually the easiest way to find it. Yeah, behind Arby's. Um, just so you know, there is a little construction there because the 390, 490 Lyle Avenue interchange, his store is open and not affected by that at all. So it's cleaned up there. I think the only thing that still bothers him there is you can't get on the 390 North ramp from there, but everything else is fully no, functional. No, you can't. There. That's annoying, but I've become annoying. so accustomed to it that I don't, like when they open it up, it's probably going to be a month after they open it up that I realize it's open. Yeah, because you're going to go the back way to yeah. your house because you go the back way yeah. from your store. I get home like 10 minutes faster if I take 390 though. No, oh, that's tough. Yeah, as long as there's no traffic, depending on time of day. <laughs> Um, so it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you. Thank you for the advice that you gave to people just through telling your stories. Bob, thanks for bringing the CBD fact fiction jury still out. I think it is a fact. CBD will. I'm sure we're going to talk about more studies. Bob, for the next episode, we bring some more studies on CBD and have them available for us. Sure. That would be wonderful. And Eric, you have a good week. And I can't wait for your new product line. And I plan on having samples in my possession like yesterday. <laughs> 
<laughs> Have a good day, everybody. I should have brought a rig tonight. That was my initial thought, but then... Uh... There's another day. Trust me, we'll have you another day, brother. All right, be well, everybody, and have, have a great Friday. Look forward to next week. Ciao.